Hello, welcome to Two Gobs No Job. This is episode one. My name's Mark Teese. I'm here with David Finch. Say hello, David Finch. Hi, David Finch. Hi, David Finch. And we are an advertising creative team, or we were until we got made redundant. Thank you very much. So we started this podcast to have a think about other jobs we could do as part of our next career move. There's a lot of jobs out there. The world's changing. Maybe, just maybe, a couple of creative types could do something else with their lives. Yeah, I just think it's about that sort of time, isn't it? That we're, you know, reevaluating life and what jobs could we actually do? I mean, you know, we're just always stuck staring out of windows, coming out of ideas. It might be, you know, we might be suited better for other jobs. Um, other windows. Yeah, other windows, other staring windows, you know. <laughs> Um, no one really understands what we do anyway. I don't think we understand what we do, really. Um, so I just think, I think we might have the qualities to, do, to think about other jobs. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't, I didn't dream of being an advertising creative. You know, I had other dreams, bigger dreams. Did you? Um, I dreamt of working in an airport, <laughs> like most kids on the street. Yeah, we all, I don't think you're talking about a pilot, though, are you? No, no, firmly on the ground. Yeah, like one of the things I was always fascinated by were the people at passport control, the border control. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, to me, that's a specialist job. You've got, <laughs> I mean, you've got to have some serious, serious staying power to sit on that seat for, you know, 10 hours on a shift, just, just playing the worst game of guess who in the world. <laughs> We're just flipping the passport open. There's one face and there's someone else in front of you. It's not, I mean, look, we're going to have to get someone from border control on at some point. But, you know, unless, unless the people are wildly different, it's, you know, they always look like, look at you as if it's like a really boring game. They're also very serious, which they have to be, obviously. You know, they're 100% serious and, and they have to take their job seriously. You know, they're letting people into the, into the country. So they have to be serious. That's true. But whenever you see them talking to each other they look like they're having the best time ever yeah because it's the release right they've spent 10 hours on that seat being serious you know maybe you know fake serious maybe that's part of it maybe if you've ever been like for example like if someone's been a clown in a previous life job life they're never going to be allowed to be on border control because there's probably too much funny in them and it's like you know maybe they have to sort of sit and stare at a wall for 10 hours as a training and not laugh. And like if, if they're ever found like juggling, they're straight out. Oh yeah, I mean, there was a famous juggling story of a border control, there probably wasn't actually, but you know, it's true. Maybe they, you know, people get like smoking breaks. Maybe these guys kind of have to have laughing breaks. Um, <laughs> yeah, get just, out of the system. Yeah, just get out of the system. It's like you're on in, you know, Carol, you're on in three minutes. Oh, give me, give me three. Goes into and a room. You know, you got Comedy Central just playing on constant, gets it all out of the system, comes out, you know, sad face. I think I've seen those rooms at the airports. They're pretty weird. <laughs> you, you don't hear them laughing. You just watch them laughing. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, you know, you can imagine a kind of horror sort of soundtrack going over the top of it. <laughs> yeah, I, see, I, I, think, I think this could be good because, you know, I like this kind of dual thing going on that they... You know, they appear serious. They're like business up top, 
but then actually maybe they're kind of like playtime down below. You know, you can never see them kind of below the waist because they're always sat there. I always think that they're like flicking you the bird underneath the desk and like, you know, gesturing to their mate, going, hey, check, check this out, mate. Look at this dweeb. Yeah. I mean, you can never, yeah, you're right. You can never see their computer or Sonic. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're just playing solitaire. Maybe. Dirty solitaire. Dirty solitaire. Are you... It would be quite funny if one of the cards from Alice in Wonderland rocked up, though. They might get a bit of a shock. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah it is. They get all, like, awestruck. Yeah, it's like, oh, God, you've matched my screen completely. i tell you what, i tell you who doesn't get a job as a border control person. It's, um, it's all the people at the Daily Planet who worked with Superman because they, there was no way on Earth like if they couldn't understand that Clark Kent was Superman with a pair of glasses, you're never going to get into border control. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If that's if a pair of glasses have fooled someone, I think you're out. You know, you can't you can't sit there and judge people. You know, they must have to sort of see through beards and glasses and different hairstyles. Yeah, I mean that's a proper skill actually. Maybe, I mean that's my biggest worry is I always take my glasses off when I go up to the desk. And you do look different. Yeah, you look, yeah. Um, you know, there's like 100% less glass on your face. <laughs> you know, that's, I don't know, glass is see-through, but that's still a big change. It's a massive change. Do you think these people ever grew up going, I want to be on Border Patrol? You know, the, the, you know, the, you know the programme where, you know, you talk about people who like, with the passports and stuff, and it's like, you think these people will like now have kind of reality TV shows in their head going, I could be on one of these sort of daytime TV programs looking serious. <laughs> um, yeah, I think maybe they would. Like, not everyone likes to smile, David. Um, no. <laughs> and, you know, like, so, like, like, when you have photos taken as a kid, sometimes you, you'll go out of your way not to smile. And it'll be like, oh, you can never smile, never takes a good photo. And, it, you know, that hangs around with you all your sort of young adult life. And maybe like you just go, yes, because um, I know that people are watching and every day is an interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it is, it is. And, and the worst guy is actually that the, the, I think, I think like if it's like if you go on to um, when, when we could go on to Eurostar. So when we were allowed to travel out of our houses, okay. do you remember that 10 um, years ago? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, vaguely. Um, you kind of go over on some Eurostar on the sort of channel when you take your car or whatever. And there's, there's obviously our sort of the, the guys this side and they're fairly lighthearted. And then you come back from France and um, completely different, completely different demeanor. The French border control people are, I mean, they take their job seriously. You know, <laughs> those, those uniforms, it's, it's not, it's no laughing matter, you know? And, and I think like maybe different sort of, different countries have different sort of attitudes, especially the Americans. You don't ever land in a, in a New York airport or an American airport and it's a joke. You joke at, you joke there and you end up on the plane back to where you came from pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. They have some, they even have some serious looking dogs over there. Oh yeah, the dogs are a different caliber. I mean, the uniforms. <laughs> yeah, the uniforms are, yeah, a lot, a lot kind of sweeter. I mean, actually, that's, that's just quite nice, actually. You kind of look at the dogs here and you go, yeah, it could be a pet. And then you go to, a, you know, you look at a dog kind of in sort of a different border control, you know, with the dogs and, and you know, you look like they're going to rip your face off. Yeah, and no one wants that. Like, you know, no one. 
that's you. Yeah, you, know, you just want to go to Florida and have a good time with yeah. your face, ideally. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think I'm more. I think I could probably be more more attuned to being a border control dog. Actually, <laughs> I'd probably be a pretty good life. You know, you get looked after. You get a uniform. What dogs get a uniform normally? School dogs. Yeah, school yeah. dogs. Yeah, blind dogs. Well, I didn't go to a yeah. dog school, so I wouldn't really know. No, no, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I think border control would be good. I mean, do you think they have to get specialist seats because they are sitting there for so long? Oh, do you mean like lazy boys? Yeah, you know, they they always seem like they want like a kind of high stool or whatever. But maybe maybe like you say, behind the desk is like it's like a gent- gently vibrating stool that kind of keeps them relaxed for the next kind of you know ten hour shift. Yeah, there's like a kind of foot massager type thing. It's like a spa down there. I wonder what the, the with yeah with their feet in a kind of uh, sort of like gen, gentle sort of babbling stream. Yeah, like you know. a little jacuzzi, like for the toes. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's the perk of the job. All jobs have got yeah. perks. Yeah, it's a great perk. Um, but I wonder no, what, I the... what you mean. Like they're kind of usually bolt upright, aren't they? Like, and that's part of the kind of demeanor. You know, that's the how dare you try and enter my country type thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that chair is probably made of, I don't know, like steel porcupine needles. Yeah. That's, that's my guess. Just to keep them alert and on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, most people drink a Red Bull. These guys are sitting on specialist seats to make them kind of on it. You make an interesting point, though. These guys do sort of, they look like they own the country. And it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a big responsibility. They're, they're the guys who say yes or no. It's massive. It's huge. huge. That's like the first person you meet, isn't it? When you go to a new country. So like you'd be like if aliens visited um, Bulgaria, you know, you're the first person you meet would be a uh, border control person. Yeah, that's huge. Maybe that's the maybe that's the ultimate ambition. Yeah. Like if like if it ever happens, if aliens ever come, they'll go, I'm in the perfect position to welcome into the country. No one else is going to get yeah, that honor. It's literally my job. So, yeah, I mean, they're not going to like ask a baker to do it, are they? Go and right. say hello to the aliens. And also, in most of these films, it's always like the kind of UFO lands on a piece of grass, the steps come down, sitting there in the middle of nowhere is the president and some police. That's not how it's going to work. They're going to rock up, they're going to have their luggage lost, <laughs> and they're going to be rocking up to a border control person. Yeah, like everyone else. Yeah, like everyone else. It's just the way it works. If they don't understand that, then they didn't research Earth very well. Well, yeah, I mean, they took off from somewhere, right? They know how airports work. Why why would they land in the middle of a field? They would head to to the airport. That's what everyone does. Straight to the airport. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. And then I think think these guys are probably, I think I can, I don't think I haven't got it in me to have that sort of responsibility to let someone in to to the country. And, you know, and especially aliens, but just generally anyway, I'm not sure I can say whether I'm the right person to say yes or no to coming into the UK. You know. OK, I think I'd be quite good at it. But, you know, we're trying to find a, a job as a team here. So <laughs> I think um, we'll go back to talking about dogs, shall we? Like one thing we thought was quite interesting was the idea of opening a pet hair salon. You can't go wrong, <laughs> is, is, is the truth. The thing is... Everyone, so everyone's obviously started like, you know, realizing that 
hairdressers are closed in this time, so they're having to get their hair done somewhere else. You know, there's loads of tips online about how, how to do your hair. Guys are just shaving their heads because it's easier. The funny thing is, is um, once that's done, they're probably they're probably just looking at their, their dog in the corner going, well, I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to do your hair. Um, I mean, first of all, poor dog, because yeah. unless, unless the owner is a hairdresser, by the way, I don't know how easy it is to transition from a human hairdresser to a, to a dog hairdresser. That's a great question. I'd love to hear some answers on that one. Well, again, if there's a pet stylist out there, hairstylist out there who wants to kind of come on the show yeah. and talk us through the difference. Yeah. Um, or even like just like a, a regular human barber or anyone who's held a pair of scissors before, some sort of expertise. Get in contact and maybe, maybe you can tell us the ins and outs of cutting a dog's hair compared <laughs> to a human hair. The, the one thing that a dog can't do, obviously, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe it can is ask for like a, you know, short back and sides or a number two or just all off, you know, they can't really get into that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the kind of bark once for a perm bark twice, for, <laughs> I don't know if that would really work. Um, it depends on the dog. Do you know be the worst thing though? The worst thing in the world would be if you cut the dog's hair and um, the dog looked better than you. <laughs> Imagine you just cut your hair and then you, you cut the dog's hair and you go, and then maybe there's a lot of people out there with pets going, I could have a future in pet hairstylist, you know, being a pet hairstylist because look, my dog looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe one day we'll live in a world where like you don't get judged on what you look like. You get judged on what, you know, how you've groomed your pet. I mean, actually, maybe we already <laughs> live in that world. <laughs> I think we probably, yeah, I think we probably do. It would be funny though if, People are going out going, how do you want your hair done? Like, well, I'll, I'll have it as a poodle. I'll have a poodle cut, please. <laughs> yeah, we take our cues from famous pets. Definitely, yeah. And then, and then the other thing, which what happens if you're going, well, actually, the dog's sitting there going, look, you've got no training in cutting hair at all. As, as I haven't as a dog, I've got no hair training either. Um, you can cut my hair as long as I get to cut yours. <laughs> okay, yeah, some sort of deal. Strike yeah. a deal. I think that's only fair. In these times, it's like, let the dog have the say. The dog wants to have a go at cutting your hair. You have to sort of live with it. What kind of dog would you let cut your hair? Oh, that's a good question. So I haven't really thought about this, but probably a poodle, because <laughs> they always look pretty... They know, you can tell. They, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't let, like, a Bernese mountain dog cut your hair. Because <laughs> it looks like, if anyone's, at, go and look one up now on Google, but they look like um, they should be sitting in a tent smoking something dubious um, with their shaggy long sort of hair with a with a, with a, sh a vest and sort of a necklace on, with a, maybe a guitar. Whereas a poodle, you can imagine they're probably in quite a nice apartment somewhere overlooking a river. What I would say, though, is if you've ever seen any like hairdressers to the stars, their hair looks like shit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So they don't have time to look after their own hair. They're too busy looking after celebrity hair. So actually, maybe it's the whole kind of don't judge a book by its cover type thing. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they get their dogs to cut their hair. <laughs> they know something we don't. They know something we don't. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And that's... And that's where all the inspiration comes from. 
What I want to know is um, if you if you own a pet hair stylist salon, does it just stop at dogs? What do you mean? Like maybe like a hamster? Yeah. Well, is, is it? You know, we don't discriminate against pets. Any pets? Yeah, hamsters, mice, cats, snakes. You know, do we put two pays on snakes? Two pays on a snake sounds like a fantastic band that I'd <laughs> like to see. Um, but no, coming back to the yeah, coming back to the smaller animal thing. I mean, I don't know. Does 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 like hamster hair grow? Um, would, or could it be extended? Really, yeah, like like hair extensions for hamsters. <laughs> Another great band. Another great band. Yeah, possibly an album. Yeah, it's a good point though, and it's something that we'd have to consider if we went into the pet hair stylist sort of arena like you know if we had our kind of um we had our kind of new sort of shop opened up we could call it hair of the dog nice um you know and uh but yeah it's a really thing would we do just dogs or is it hamsters as well you know is it opening up yeah i don't know i mean calling it hair of the dog is probably reason enough just to keep it to dogs but you could always have a next door everything else salon and maybe everything else includes humans you know yeah, 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 uh-huh. and that's and 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 you know, just as you get the kind of hairstyle photos in sort of barbers and hairdressers, maybe they're just all animal photos of different hairs. Yeah, that's great. Just in fancy outfits. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd pay, I'd pay twenty five quid for a, a guinea pig crew cut. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Well, maybe guinea pigs. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a bit boring for them, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Do you think I was? You know when. Um, the barber shows you the back of your head. Would you still do that for pets? Like, is that just is that just something you do? I mean, you'd, you'd, they'd expect it. You'd have to. I mean, unless you were cutting an owl's hair, <laughs> and, they, and they could probably they could probably just see it. You know, turn around to the other mirror. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think you, you would you'd have you'd, you'd afford them the same the same. Um, sort of liberties as a and as a human you'd ask them what they wanted yeah that's, i do think you'd have to kind of work on the language thing um because otherwise like every cow would want to moo you know every every mouse would want to <laughs> what noise the mouse the mice make a squeak squeak yeah squeak. they say the word squeak that's right yeah well, they, they, yeah they say squeak yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean it's got legs it's definitely got legs i i think the the trickiest thing for me is keeping them still you know, um, imagine you're cutting a, you know, a greyhound's hair. Don't know if greyhounds need their haircut, but if they did, and uh, they would accidentally um, colouring, colouring. Okay, so they need colouring. Imagine um, if a ball, a tennis ball, rolled past the window. Um, that's it, isn't it? It's gone, and he's, you know, the the greyhound's gone to the distance, and he hasn't paid. Okay, I'm gonna because he's I'm gonna just write that it. down. So note to self. Don't open pet hair salon next to tennis court. Yeah, yeah? Okay. exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I think there's some, there's, yeah, like you said, there's definitely legs in this. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm always, whenever I go to the hairdressers, I'm always like, well, firstly, it's like massively awkward, but then after a couple of minutes, you're like, I might as well just chat, and you end up talking bollocks. I'd be interested to know where these pets are going. Like, <laughs> you know, because they're getting. They're getting pretty dressed up, aren't they? Like for pets, you know. Yeah. So, you know, is it the high arts? Are they going to uh, the opera? Are they going to the ballet? 
and my follow-up question is is it human ballet or is it like pet ballet like dog ballet interesting so i think it i think it depends on the breed i think you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna get a bulldog plodding along to the uh, english national opera um i just don't see it i might be wrong and again if there's any bulldogs out there that think i'm being stereotypical stereotypical then please please let us know um i just think you know whereas you might get like an elegant dog like a greyhound you know yeah sitting there sitting at the back you know watching a <laughs> watching a kind of a barber of seville style thing um and i think yeah i think i think it's probably it's probably a human thing because i just think dogs wouldn't demean themselves in that way probably <laughs> um like we would like we would so yeah i think it's that but i think also i think you know maybe their arena is the park the only people mm. who are actually allowed at the moment to go out right is a dog and there's, there's loads of dogs being kind of being purchased and probably saved so people so humans can just get out because it's like a it's the government allow it right so you can go out if you've got a dog you know there's probably dogs in families that are absolutely knackered and as fit as they've ever been because every member of the family wants to take him out <laughs> for a walk yeah that's good you know and he's going god damn it i just just i'm knackered i've only been out four times this morning you know um <laughs> so i think that's for? where they yeah exactly you know some dogs just want to forever you know want to just kind of go for walks and now they're all there's a lot of dogs probably going i just want a time where i didn't have a walk you know it's, it's the opposite of humans yeah yeah exactly we've switched we've swapped now we totally swapped. we want to go for walks and yeah dogs are like oh, just give it a rest <laughs> that's good and I, yeah I think actually i can yeah i can really see like, a place for this salon now because basically if you've gone to the trouble of looking after what your dog looks like then people know that that's that's a genuine dog owner and not someone who's just you know nabbed a dog while we're on lockdown um yeah i mean they can't really get to our salon but we can give tips you know we can give tips oh yeah and, yeah. and when lockdown does does relax you know they'll come straight to us i think we need, yeah, definitely. I think we need to work on a name if we're going to do this i did a little bit of research into like human <laughs> salon names of course yeah. um i'll just read out a few um so we've got uh sherlock combs <laughs> um, Barbara Streisand. Ooh, girl, who did your hair salon? That's a genuine one. Okay. And I think my favourite is uh, Harry Poppins. Nice. Yeah, I thought it was quite clever. And that actually, Harry... that could be the name for the, the pet salon. <laughs> if you were just to steal that. The magical Harry Poppins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like that's a that's a go at that one. I quite like that. Okay. All right. So I think we've decided that I'm definitely not right for border control, but we could probably get through sort of pet hairstylists together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could okay. be fun. Yeah. And I suppose ultimately it doesn't matter if you if you really muck it up, because what are they gonna do? You know, what's <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, you give them yeah. a biscuit, don't you? Any dog will wag its tail, and you go, "Well, the dog's yeah. happy with it." Yeah, it's a lot of fat dogs <laughs> as you as they come in as you, as you try and cut their hair. Yeah, 
Okay. Um, well, yeah, should we move on to the last one? Yeah, let's, let's move on to the episode one. Let's move on to our final one, I think, which I, I think this is a fascinating one. I think people are obviously kind of pretty gutted at the moment that they can't go to the gym or swimming pool. Um, but I've always wondered, you know, you've been going to the swimming pool, you've always, the, the classic job, which is kind of, hopefully you never see them in action, is obviously the lifeguard. Yeah, that's a real world hero right there. Oh, totally, totally. I just wonder though, I mean, how these guys train, because essentially, you really, you don't want to be putting that sort of life-saving stuff into practice, and you, no one wants to see it, and they don't really want to be doing it. I mean, because they'll get wet, so like, <laughs> they don't really want to be be there. So, really, I suppose it's if you've got the sort of voice that can stop a child running in the street, you're probably halfway there to the job, right? You know, it's no the, running yeah, prevention. You know, don't yeah. don't run, don't even go in the pool. And then yeah. AI, no one needs to do anything. No one needs to do anything. Um, but it's, I mean, again, similar to the border control, it must be pretty boring just sitting there watching water for, <laughs> um, you know, maybe again, another six, seven hour shifts. I was thinking this, like it's cruel in some ways because they're probably the strongest swimmer within 10 mile radius. And yet they're, they're kept at a distance from the water. They just have to watch other people swimming all day. But hang on a minute. You're assuming they're the strongest swimmer. Have you ever seen a lifeguard swim? <laughs> um, no. no. Other than in the movies. No, and that's not real. So so I've never <laughs> seen a lifeguard swim. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's a really good point. It's like, is it actually a thing? Or is that yeah. just someone just sat up high um, and you just assume that must be the lifeguard? Maybe they just... If you just whack on a yellow a yellow t-shirt, a yellow or red t-shirt and some shorts, you could probably just sit there. And the, the lifeguard, the real lifeguard turns up and goes, oh, I didn't realise you were on shift. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, goes for a little swim. But yeah, no one, no one's ever, I don't ever remember seeing one swim. So, so I'm just, you know, you've got to kind of, it kind of worries me now that maybe they can't. And <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I've seen them talk and I've seen them like blow a whistle. Is maybe that's the kind of more important thing. Ah, so I suppose the big thing here is how do you transition from being like a referee to a lifeguard? Yeah. Because obviously the whistle is the common, don- you know, or maybe a policeman. Do policemen have whist- whistles anymore? I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, you know. back to dogs, you know. Um, <laughs> or... <laughs> so it's back to dogs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it. Like that is the lifeguard's life-saving tool the whistle prevention you know someone's about to go in the pool whistle their ass yeah let's <laughs> control the whole game by a whistle yeah exactly maybe they referee should... that pool god damn it yeah referee that pool hold of this oh, maybe game. they should um yeah <laughs> i mean to be fair actually really if you think about it a, a, a lifeguard is a cross between like a tennis umpire mm. And, and a referee, because they sit on a massively high chair like a tennis umpire, but they've got a whistle like a football referee. Yeah, that's true. How come, if I was a, a referee, I'd be like, where the fuck's my chair? And if I was a yeah. tennis umpire, I'd be like, oh, no whistle, again. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas as a lifeguard, you get the best of both. Or maybe they've just failed in both. <laughs> maybe they, 
maybe they ruined countless tennis tournaments by, by whistling every time the ball came <laughs> over the net. And maybe they ruined countless football tournaments by just sitting in the middle of a plastic chair in the centre circle. Yeah, you know what you'd be good at, son? And it's like supposed to be an insult, like lifeguarding. Yeah, I've got the perfect, perfect job for you, lifeguarding. <laughs> Banished. And they go, and they go, no, I don't like water. It doesn't matter. You don't have to go in. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. That's the biggest misconception about lifeguarding. Massive, massive misconception. You've got a lot to learn, like, son. I think we should put this out there. If there's a lifeguard listening, please, please come on and let us know how it really works. But maybe you, you failed if you ever have to go in the water. I think that's it, isn't it? It's like you're trying to fix your own mistake if you've gone in the water. Yeah, like you didn't whistle enough. <laughs> Rule number one. Um, I didn't whistle enough, so people ran and slipped and ended up in the pool. I mean, the other thing is maybe, maybe lifeguards are actually, obviously, they must be great swimmers, but, you know, if they're not, maybe they just kind of, they're looking at everyone swimming, going, just watching their technique, going, I could swim better than that. So they're judging everyone's swimming technique, and it's kind of like, I, I could do a lot better than that. And maybe they've just got this urge all the time. The biggest trait of a lifeguard is not to go in the pool. It's like they're trying to resist all the time because they just want to jump in and go, that's not how you swim. This is how you swim. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That, that I had a really dark thought there about like they're kind of watching people and they almost spot a few people who they don't like, a few enemies, and they go, you know, look, <laughs> if that if that person was in trouble, maybe I'd turn my shoulder away, you know, maybe I'd uh, maybe I'd be reading a magazine at that point in time. <laughs> um, I think something we've never really sort of talked about for the other jobs, but do you think you know is there like a if you're an ambitious lifeguard, what does that mean? Where does it get you? Yeah, because I, I was thinking, like, you know, where do they start and where are you aiming to? Like, do you start by lifeguarding a paddling pool? Or like a birthday <laughs> yeah, party or something? Is that a thing? Small bodies of water? Puddles? <laughs> <laughs> Is that practice? There's a, lot of pe- there's a lot of people. Maybe they get their own practice puddle. They have to dig their own practice puddle in the back of the, uh, the, back of the garden or whatever. Maybe, yeah. Just kind of yeah. watch it. Dig your own. Show you're serious. Yeah. yeah, then, like, what's um, the career progression? Like, like when do you go from swimming pool to beach? You know, or yeah. bigger and better swimming pools or more dangerous beaches? Yeah, it's, I think you've got to prove yourself, I suppose. Maybe maybe it's just in how well you can whistle. That's all it is. <laughs> if, you've, if, you can, if you've got the whistling down, then maybe they'll, you know, there's at, at the ceremony for, for getting you onto the biggest beach or the most dangerous beach, it's like, we haven't heard anyone whistle like this in years. There's a special talent that this guy has, you know. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I'd, I'd feel about trying to perfect my whistle. It, the neighbours probably would, would not appreciate that at all. Yeah, I mean, they'd be like crying out for you to get a drum set instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. How is your whistle? I should probably ask you that if you're going to be a lifeguard. Oh, it's not good. I can't whistle at all. You mean you mean, you mean the classic whistle, don't you? Like the kind of two fingers in the mouth and the cheeks in the yeah that when yeah. you know you do that and flocks of birds fly off trees that, that sort of whistle yeah yeah they kind of you know one with nature yeah. type whistle yeah i mean I, I'd, I'd probably say there'd be a lot of um drowned people <laughs> in the pool that i was lifeguarding yeah my, i'm a bit hit and miss i can i can sometimes do the two finger thing okay. but it usually just looks like i'm swearing <laughs> <laughs> 
because no, no noise comes out and it's just two fingers. Um, but I can I can do the kind of inward whistling thing. Interesting. Which means you can whistle forever, but it's not very loud, so it's probably not the, the right type. I mean, to be honest, if you can whistle forever, you'd probably confuse people quite a bit. Um, and you'd probably have no one... The revenue of the swimming pool would probably go through the floor because no one would be actually swimming. Um, and you'd have to actually break that whistle so people could have gaps to go and swim because the minute you whistle no one does anything right so <laughs> yeah okay i'm not sure this is right actually i thought it'd be quite cool to be a lifeguard but i think you've got your kind of you know your baywatch expectation and your sort of skegness reality you know and it's, it's not <laughs> swimming it's whistling and yeah i mean to be honest i don't even like water anyway i mean that's why i thought no. that's why i thought it'd be good for me but well, I mean, it might be good for you. You know, if you get that whistling down, you won't have to go anywhere near it, remember? Yeah. So maybe. Maybe. Well, I think I think we've sort of, over those three jobs, I think we've kind of realised that um, we're going to have to get pretty good at styling <laughs> hamster's hair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so if, you know, any any shaggy pet owners out there, we'll be doing free trials on Tuesday afternoons. It takes about 17 hours. Um, just rock up with a big bag of pet food and whatever you want to feed the pet. Yeah, I think that's it. Definitely. That one. Great. Well, should we, I think let's ask people if they've got any other jobs that, that could be potentially, they've heard some of our qualities at the moment. <laughs> um, um, we can't go three minutes without laughing. We can't whistle. Um, but it sounds like we could do a crew cut on a greyhound. 